It is The Brink coming to you once again for an episode of your favouritest podcast ever to exist. It's been a few weeks since we last brought you an episode, but we're back and that's the main thing. We always come back, doesn't matter how long we go without an episode, you know we're always going to be not too far around the corner. We're coming back to you today with a massive, massive show. Not one guest, not two guests, but three guests. And we're bringing back a very, very popular segment, at least in my own head, a very popular former co-host, a somewhat popular co-host, and you're about to hear from an actual guest in the coming minutes. And when I say actual guest, guest that we got on this show, we technically already had the episode on the Oz Network, but we initially contacted this guest to get here on the brink. So it's not something we have done that often in the last couple of years is get an exclusive guest just on this show and not just stolen one of our other show's guests. It'll... Makes sense. In just a moment, I'll come in and introduce her in just a second. But this is a big show. You're going to be excited. You, you already are. You're listening to The Brink. So just feel a little bit extra Brinkalicious today. That's all I'm trying to tell you. With that massive introduction out of the way, I'm going to introduce our next guest. We'll introduce myself introducing the next guest. Kat Jamie is a Canadian filmmaker, director, writer, has produced some great films in the past, mainly on basketball and the Vancouver Grizzlies. She's a Vancouver native, has done documentary in the past on previous players, and now has put together a documentary trying to find the truth about what happened to the Vancouver Grizzlies, which, as you'll hear me in this introduction explain, was a former NBA team that existed in the 1990s, lasted for six seasons, was introduced the same time as the Toronto Raptors, and then unfortunately didn't last the distance as the Raptors and were eventually shipped off to Memphis. And it's a great documentary. It's called The Grizzly Truth. We got Kat on to talk about this, which if you've already heard it on the brink, don't skip over it. You want to hear it again. It's a great interview. So here it is, my chat with Canadian filmmaker, director, writer, and all of that and above and beyond of the latest film, The Grizzly Truth, Kat. Jamie. Just under 30 years ago, two teams were added to the NBA in Canada, the Toronto Raptors and the Vancouver Grizzlies. And nearly 20 years after one of those teams sadly left the city it was originally based in, the Vancouver Grizzlies, of course, now based in Memphis, a new documentary has been released trying to get to the bottom of just why that happened, why the Vancouver Grizzlies are no longer in the great city of Vancouver. And the filmmaker behind that documentary is joining me now. The film is called The Grizzly Truth, and it has been doing great guns out there since its release late 2022. And it's a pleasure to be welcomed on the show today by the writer, the director, the creator, and massive Vancouver Grizzly superfan, Cat Jamie. Cat, first of all, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you. What a great intro. I, I always like to try and strive yeah. for the intros. Like, I think that's kind of like the peak here of the interview. <laughs> and then that hopefully it just keeps going up from there. So yeah. uh, you're, you're most welcome. But this, is, this has been a subject that's always fascinated me. Teams that, I guess, exist in one city and then go somewhere else. Because in Australia, this isn't too commonplace that a team will move. Generally, a team will fold in Australia or often merge with another team. There's a few examples in Australia where teams have legitimately moved, but it's very rare. So this has always fascinated me how in North American sports, this is such a big deal. And particularly, as you can see, I'm sitting here in a Toronto Raptors jersey, so I'm very fond of the Canadian teams in North American sports, and I've always been fascinated by Vancouver. You, obviously, massive fan 
of the Grizzlies, as it's discussed in this film. So this is a film I believe that you have been wanting to make for quite some time as well, isn't it? Yeah, I've been, uh, this was sort of the story that I wanted to tell um, in sometime in my career, even when I was making Finding Big Country. So that was sort of like the first Grizzlies film you know, that I, that I made in 2018, that was, I, I actually wanted that to be like a full feature film. Like that was actually supposed to be like Bryant's story plus the Vancouver Grizzlies story. And then because of budget constraints, because of time constraints, um, and because I was just starting out. So I, you know, I didn't have, I didn't know where any of these players were. I had no, no means to reach any of them. So we just really focused on Bryant's story. Um, in Finding Me Country, and then that film kind of opened a lot of doors for me and helped me get this, you know, the bigger project that I'd always wanted to make uh, made. Because it's a fascinating subject matter when it comes to this, that you would think that it would be a simple case of, hey, let's ring up Memphis and maybe they've got some history there that we can kind of go to. But it doesn't really work that way, does it? Generally, when a team moves to a whole city, it's almost like they are a new franchise in a weird way, isn't it? Exactly. Um, but you know what? It was in the in the film. I actually do go to Memphis, um, and I meet other super like Memphis Grizzlies super fans, and I talk to a lot of um, you know those who work for the Memphis Grizzlies. There's a, there are a few employees that worked for the Vancouver Grizzlies who moved to Memphis and have been there all this time, and it was really interesting because they there's remnants of Vancouver in Memphis still. So, for example, um, when we were in one of the uh, the offices of the the kind of like the, the headquarters of all the um, employees, uh, there are all these like yellow towels, like Memphis towels, uh, that had you know that were given out at games, and I didn't think anything of it. And then later on, I learned like that's that's from the Vancouver Canucks. Wow! Like we that that's a that's a tradition here in vancouver with the canucks we wave our white towels so and then that is what you know for playoffs everyone in memphis gets these gets towels and and they wave it just like they did here in vancouver um so that's like kind of a cool you know i i I didn't put two and two together but there's you know there's that they still hold the record i mean the name that's another thing you know when teams sometimes move they change they they get a completely different name and i know that you know, at first, um, I was part of uh, the group of fans who are bitter that they still have our name. <laughs> but that is like, you know, that's still that's, you know, it's still part of Vancouver's history. Our name is still there. And and finally, um, I could go on. But the other th- the one thing I can mention right now is like all the, the stats mm. like Sharif Abdurrahim still hold like they're Vancouver Grizzly players that still hold hold. Um, um, you know uh what's it called yeah stats uh in in within the entire organization so they don't just look at the memphis grizzlies they look at the grizzlies as a whole including their time in vancouver because that's a that's a whole other documentary film you could do in yourself sort of that process of when a team moves and the stat history because i know there was the the last expansion team that they ever did in the nba the charlotte bobcats when then they renamed them the Hornets and then the Hornets had to get the history back from New Orleans. Kind of, it's that weird connection, isn't it, about how who owns records when a franchise moves and then maybe gets their name back. That one was so confusing. I still don't even like, sometimes I, I remember what exactly happened and then I yeah. usually forget and then I have to ask a friend to like, draw me the diagram <laughs> of like how this, how this came to be. We have that the Winnipeg Jets in the NHL, of course. I mean, they've got name of old, but they don't have the records because they were the Atlanta Thrashers and then it's kind of this whole, you know, it's a, it's a mystery in itself. But you explain in the film how much 
the team meant to Vancouver. Maybe for some people who aren't from Vancouver, haven't seen the film, just to give us a bit of a rundown of just how big the team were in their very few seasons they existed in the NBA to the city of Vancouver. Yeah, they, you know, they're only here for six years, but I think they made such a huge impact on so many, um, so many Vancouverites, especially young kids like myself, you know, in the film, I kind of gather what we, you know, a bunch of Grizzly super fans and what we call like the group therapy scene. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> like a bunch of heartbroken Grizzly fans are probably all in our thirties now or older. And everyone is still like super gutted that the team isn't here yet. Um, but we, you know, we're all kind of around the same age and we all were the same age when the Grizzlies were in town. So, you know, we were just, I was six when they came and um, I think the Grizzlies um, and the NBA, you know, does such a great job with making the game so fun. Yeah. Like we've been to, you know, you know, the NHL and it's, just, there's nothing, there's nothing like a, an NBA game. And yeah. of course it's, you know, it has to do with the fact that, the you know these players don't have to wear like big bulky equipment you can see their facial expressions you know the during halftime like the mascot can do you know backflips and jump on trampolines like you can't do that on ice right like there's not the same you can't do the same things that you can on a basketball court you can do on a on a yeah on an ice rink so yeah, I, I don't know. We there's there's many of us who just remember the Grizzlies as just being so much fun, um, and which this is why I love the story of the Grizzlies because we were so bad, but we didn't care. Like, and I just think that just goes to show. It's like it's like um, sport, uh, like the pureness of sport, and like what's you know the beauty of sport. Um, and I feel like that's what the Grizzlies really uh, showed everyone um, because despite them being so terrible, they were so loved. And I think what really was interesting about that too, and, and a lot of people maybe again in this part of the world might not sort of be aware of that, is the fact that this was a big deal for the NBA to expand not one but mm -hmm. two teams into a whole new country as well because mm -hmm. at that period – there were no Canadian teams. The Toronto Huskies had existed way back in the day, but of course it had been a long time. So to not only just do the cliche of going, hey, Toronto will have a team, but to give it to a city like Vancouver as well, because you would assume that if they're going to do that, it might be Montreal sort of based on population and that. So, I mean, the, the fact that it went to Canada, the fact it went to Vancouver, I mean, it was a risk, but it obviously it paid off in terms of the fact that the locals really embraced the team. Mm-hmm. No, it was a huge thing that we got a team. And that's why, you know, I was in grade seven when they left and I wasn't, I wasn't as sad, I think, as because I thought we would get another team back. Mm. It was like, you know, I didn't. It'll happen was, again. <laughs> yeah, it'll happen again. And I was too young to like understand that, no, like when an NBA team leaves, like it's very difficult for, for them to come back. And so I didn't really understand what was going on, I would say. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, as you get older, you're like, damn, like, we're, we're not getting a team back? Like, <laughs> what? I have to go. And then, you know, then when the team left, my family and I, would we would go to Seattle mm. to watch. You know, I watched a handful of games in Seattle and then they left. And then now we got to go to Portland. So uh yeah we there has to be another team on the west coast well i was gonna ask that like it sort of seems like there's a bit of a pacific northwest curse yeah. almost going because yeah, yeah. he is obviously the sonics and we know how passionate seattle are about wanting their team back so i mean is it kind of like a cursed area because we've obviously got portland but i mean seattle and vancouver are, are bigger cities they surely deserve to get their teams back 
And 100%. And of course, I, I mean, I always say that Seattle deserves a team um, faster than we do. Uh, so I, I do hope they get a team back. But yeah, you know, I've Sean Camp was in, in the film and I spent some time with him and he shares like how much like the like there was a Seattle Vancouver rivalry going mm. and it was a great rivalry and and so you know to have um, teams in both cities in like so close to each other was was really great um, and yeah we had man like we had the Grizzlies and the Sonics like that's that's so nuts to me yeah it's I mean I I found it fascinating when I was living in Victoria I mean, just to you off air I was doing some media work there just around when the Kraken were coming in and I was working on a story about the Kraken trying to steal Canucks fans on Vancouver Island because sort of Vancouver Island was in that sort of middle period. And a lot of people on Vancouver Island didn't really like the Canucks. So it was sort of like a case of, can you steal those fans? So it's a unique region. Uh-huh. because I, I would assume most people would go, oh, the Grizzlies, your biggest rival is the Raptors because you're both obviously Canada's team. And obviously there was a rivalry there. But yeah, the the, the, the Sonics are just basically kind of just down the road almost, whereas Toronto's on the yeah. other side of the country. Exactly. No, I think there is as much as, you know, there's obviously, yeah, the Toronto-Vancouver rivalry, but 100% there is a, a, a Seattle-Vancouver rivalry and, you know, what could have, like, that would have been so cool to have both teams today and we could, you know, um, we could we could go to Seattle and watch the game, Seattle, like, you know, people from Seattle could come to Vancouver, like, that would have been so much fun. You, you mentioned about tracking down the people you get in this film and you get a whole list of just A-listers throughout this from Vancouver history. I don't want to spoil it for people so they can uh, sort of really get a taste of it when they see the film. But, I mean, how do you do that? Is it you look in the phone book, you dig? I mean, I've done a lot mm-hmm. of digging in my broadcasting career to find people and I know how hard it can be when you're really on, you know, that, that list mm-hmm. of wanting to find it. But how do you do it is it just looking up connections and kind of just you're like a dog with a bone you never give up yeah i mean i think it's all everything you just all of the above um it's definitely looking people up on social media like emailing instagram dms you know linkedin messages like i i have excel like excel sheet with all the <laughs> 60 players that worked uh, that worked that played in vancouver um and i would have like you know sent a dm no response message, like message back via Instagram, like just, uh, you know, and there was, I also, you know, got in touch with a few people based on connections with other people, but it was great because, because I had made funny big country when I, when I would kind of cold email all these people, all these players, I would say, you know, my name is Kat. I made a film a few years ago called funny big country. Here's a link to it. Um, and so, you know, they could watch it and, kind of get a sense of who I was because the because I obviously feature a lot in Funny Me Country um, and they could kind of see what the team meant to me. So I, so it was a great kind of calling, like Funny Me Country, I think, again, really hope, op- helped open doors. And then it, I think it was great too because they could kind of see how I treated the story, um, you know, the Bryant's story. And I feel like that's uh, that's kind of what helped me get a lot of people to say yes to come on board. Well, there's one player in this, again, I don't want to spoil it for people to watch the film, who you do track down, and that's kind of a connection because they knew you from that yes. film, which yes. that is a, it's a fun moment in the movie and a great story behind that. But, I mean, I guess that kind of, was, was that the highlight of all the people you tracked down, finding said person who we don't want to spoil on this uh, interview today? <laughs> it was, yeah, like, I mean... That could have, I, I was so stressed out about whether or not I would get that player because I don't think, 
you could really tell this story without him. Mm. It would always be like, oh, but she didn't get this. She didn't talk to this player. And so I knew that from the very beginning. I had no idea how I was going to get in touch with him. Like, you know, sure, I was, you know, I've been able to get in touch with all these, you know, retired NBA players. But at the same time, you kind of have to remember that I'm literally just a childhood fan who became a filmmaker. I had no connections to anyone in the NBA I was always more than an arm's length away, like, oh, you know, from from any of these players, people who worked for, for the Grizzlies. And so um, to to f- try to figure out how I was going to get in touch with this particular player was it kept me awake, you know, many, many nights um, during the process of this. And it was it was so great to, you know, that he said yes, that I got to know him as a person. And he's been so He's been really great, um, you know, with with the release of the p- film, promoting the film, and yeah, he's become a really great friend, which wow. is so funny. That's say. awesome, fantastic. And what's you obviously have a you mentioned sort of the support group, all the really diehard Grizzly fans. What sort of has been their reaction of hearing his story, hearing sort of real truth from someone like Stu Jackson? Like, I mean, have they kind of had their minds changed a little bit, kind of based on seeing this film? You know what, I haven't. I haven't talked to too many of those. Um, I'm trying to think. I haven't. T- maybe I haven't. I don't think I've spoken to too many of those uh, super fans. But I will say that I've gotten so many messages, even after screenings, people coming up to me and being like, "Damn, cat! Like, now I can't hate Stu Jackson. Like, <laughs> oh, now I like Steve Francis. Oh, now I don't like you know." So, um, so I do think that the you know that the perspective of certain people have has changed, which was always kind of the goal with this film um, and which, what I wanted to do. Which I like that. And again, the whole Memphis area was fantastic because again, that's an, that's another one I know when you sort of talk to sort of NBA fans and you mention Vancouver and they automatically go like, Oh yeah, well you just go for Memphis. And again, it's not that simple. I mean, you don't really have a bunch of Sonics fans who goes for the thunder anymore either. Like it's kind of like, there is that stigma around it, but I, I love that section where you going around FedEx Forum and you're asking where are the team from and they're saying Vancouver so they know that history so there does seem to be that element of Memphis fans who do acknowledge that history Mm -hmm. that you were talking about before Mm -hmm. no I know it's funny and one of my best friends pointed out that when I do that here in Vancouver and I go in the street tonight yell at people about the Grizzlies everyone just like looks at me very weirdly but in Memphis everyone was like yeah, Vancouver. Like everyone knew, like you know, they. So it is. It, that was actually quite interesting and funny because I was getting more love um, in Memphis than I than I do here in the streets in Vancouver sometimes. Fantastic. I, I know when I lived in Victoria too to see that level of, I guess, throwbacks that are now coming into play again, mm-hmm. and so many Vancouver jerseys were for sale in sporting stores, and you would see that, and even here in Australia, I can't go to a basketball game without seeing at least a, a throwback jersey or two so it's sort of it's still that level of existence where there which i mean you clearly on on the promotion trail have been wearing the jerseys and everything like that but does that make you feel like a big smile inside that young girl who went to these games that you're still seeing people wearing the vancouver jerseys and this is almost a thing now for people to bring back those throwbacks a hundred percent you know i've gotten in trouble with some collectors who are like because of the release of your films like Grizzly stuff is now so expensive. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in charge of what people price these items. Um, but no, it's been really cool to see. Yeah, like kind of like a resurgence of you know Grizzlies fandom, Grizzlies love. Um, and no, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it all. The one thing that I'll say to give you a bit of a, a hope out there in terms of expansion going back to Vancouver, because I'm from 
state in Australia called Tasmania. And, and in the 90s, sort of around when this was happening, uh, both the Canadian teams, there was a huge expansion in Australia. In our national basketball competition, we had a team, the Tassie Devils. And similar to you, I have these great memories of going to sold-out arenas. You know, my dad, my sister and I, it was just such an amazing experience. We got our team taken away from us. And unfortunately, though, we didn't get moved. It was just disbanded. We ran out of money. Bye-bye, Tassie. And then you sort of have that, as you were saying, you don't know who to support. You know, what do I do? You're young. In the last couple of years, we got given a franchise back. And unfortunately, not the Devils anymore. We're called a different team, Jack Jumpers. It's an ant. It's a whole other story, Cat. But in our two seasons of existence, it has been absolutely amazing in terms of success on and off the court. Sold out arenas. The entire state has adopted it. In our first season, we made the finals. The second season, we made the playoffs, narrowly missed out on making the finals. So it's huge. So putting that out there into the universe, that Vancouver and Tasmania have very similar stories in a way in terms of losing a team. We got ours back, though. So hopefully those vibes can go out there for Vancouver to get their team back as well. I love it. There's hope. You're giving me hope. Yeah, that's what we like because it is that kind of level. Everyone's always talking about expansion when it comes to sport. We've seen the NHL do it recently, of course. The MLS are doing it and sort of the NBA and the MLB are kind of those two where they're stuck on sort of 30 and they're always seem happy with the 30 and there's always talking about Seattle, Vegas. But, I mean, has this film, do you think at least maybe does the NBA look at this and think to themselves, hmm, okay, maybe we can go to 33, 34, <laughs> you know, potentially. Have you had any word back from them at all? I mean, I, not from the NBA league themselves. <laughs> um, I, I have had a few conversations uh, with, you know, with people who um, kind of know the business and are wanting to bring a team back. You know, I always say like, if, if this film in any, if any of my films in, in any way, like if a kid watches it, is in elementary school and it's like, oh, I, you know, love basketball. They, and for some, you know, that, that, that becomes their dream. And in years, and I don't even, you know, maybe I don't see it in my lifetime, F- fingers crossed. Like I would love that for it to happen, but like, you know, it does, as long as Vancouver gets a team eventually, I'd be so happy. And, it, and if my films could play like a small role in getting that done, that would be so cool. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't, I, I know it's not going to, it's not going to happen overnight. So, you know, uh, again, just sometime in the future, I just, I would love for the city of Vancouver to get another NBA team. It's a fantastic city and definitely deserves to have a team back in the NBA. TheGrizzlyTruth.com if people want to see more information about it. If you're in Canada, where can they watch it? Uh, Cat obviously Crave, yeah. iTunes, places like that people can see the film. Yeah, it's on Crave. It's also on, uh, you can, you know, um, purchase or rent it on Apple, Apple TV, uh, Google Play, Shaw, Rogers, TELUS, uh, Cineplex movies. Um, we're kind of everywhere right now in that's, Canada. That's the, that's the main thing. Get out and see it. It's a fantastic film. Kat, we really appreciate your time on the show today and good luck with the rest of it. And uh, let's go Grizzlies. Let's go Grizzlies. Thanks for having me, Ben. Always an exciting moment when I can press this button on this show. Because Jesus himself is with us. It's Joshua Shoebridge, otherwise known as Jesus. Hello, Josh. Welcome back to the show that you helped create with me. I know. I know. Thank you. And you know what's really good? The the fact that we've merged to this point now where I can actually hear the music. I know. It's so skilled, right? So talented. This is technically, Joshua Shoebridge, our 20th year on air. If you did the math from 2004 to 2023, that's 20 years on air. 
Is that scary or is that scary? How long have we known each other then? This is getting too sh- long. Uh, 20... It was 2000, yeah, 2002, wasn't 20, it? 2000, was it grade nine or grade eight? We always have this debate, don't we? It's a grade nine, I think it was. It was, so it was grade nine. 21 years, but then 22 years in total, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Ah, happy. Far out. Jesus, we can legally <laughs> vote our relationship in America. Good job. Um, how have you been, Josh? 2023. How's uh It's been uh, an interesting year so far, actually. In a good Very or a bad way? A little column A, a little column B, but that's okay. I've got my shed. <laughs> I'm happy. That's all a man needs is his that's shed. That's but my car... Your is, car. Still at the me- is still at the mechanics. Now, is this the car that me- you won from McDonald's? Yes. Oh. It's been at the mechanics since the 20th of December. Didn't last very long. Thanks, McDonald's. <laughs> what happened? Well, can, Run out of fries? Sweet sour sauce not coming through the engine enough? Well, well, funny you say fries because the computer fried itself. Also, it's a computer so. issue. That. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Sorry, it's... you take a car. Oh, my computer broke down in my car. Better take it to the mechanic. How 2023 that is. I know. So the mechanic, so the guy who, what, my mechanic's name's Rowdy. Of course it is. That's his name. <laughs> he, he is as, as Aussie as anything, but he's like, oh, mate, I had to pull everything out. I sent it down to the programmers down in Melbourne. They wanted me to send a whole car, but tell, <laughs> tell a prick they're dreaming. <laughs> so, okay. What, like, is a computer... Like, is that just affecting you driving the car or is it just you can't listen to your iPod or something like that? Like- <laughs> no, no, no. So we'll get technical. So you've got the main computer, yep. which is like the brain, and then there's a side computer called the ECM, uh, yep. engine control module, and that uh, controls how much air and fuel mix goes into the thing. So that crapped itself, which means that my car wouldn't go. It literally... Like, I, I was about two kilometers away from home, which meant I was two kilometers away from the mechanic because he's only like, literally. You live like, at the mechanic. I could, I could throw a rock from my house and hit, hit the mechanic shop. And he's, he, you know, I had to limp home, like <laughs> engine overheating, everything going south. I had a client in the car. Wow. I was like, fuck, this is great. Thanks, <laughs> so, McDonald's. Is it under warranty still? You only got that the other year, didn't you? 2018, however. 2018? Um, Is it that long ago? Yeah. Fuck me. But, but, but the thing is, though, uh, warranties on cars aren't a time thing. They are also a Kilometer. how many kilometers you've driven. And because yeah. it's my work vehicle, it's done 200,000 kilometers. Jesus. And the kilometer limit is 100. Of course it is. Jesus. So basically, don't win a car off McDonald's Monopoly because it's bullshit essentially. Oh, I'm not saying that. I don't want to get sued. Well, you can say it's a brick. No one listens to it. I'll say it. McDonald's, your things are shit. Um, get better cars, basically, because your winners <laughs> get broken down. Get a better computer in it. And then on Channel 7 tomorrow night, a podcast host was hey, uh, taken to court. I'm telling you, Josh, we've been trying to get sued over on the Oz Network for years because we're saying if we get sued, we will get listeners. So we've been saying Tom Cruise is a massive gay man for years 
Because we know that if Tom Cruise listens, he'll <laughs> sue us. And then we will be, oh, the poor little podcast in Australia that got sued by big Hollywood heavyweight Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise. I would be gay for that man in a heartbeat. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but because he's gay, he would clearly jump on board me and ride me like a Thanksgiving <laughs> turkey. So if, if we get sued by McDonald's, we will get listeners because it will make the news and people are like, oh, I've never heard of that show before. And then, boom, listeners. I'll be in jail. But, hey. Why, why, is, why is Tom? Cruise mounting that Tasmanian over there. <laughs> I mean, I've never had sex with a man before, but I mean, what a way to lose your gay virginity to Tom Cruise. That's a story to tell the grandkids. Probably not having any if you're gay, but I mean, I mean, not saying that gay people can't have grandkids, they can. I mean, biologically. <laughs> So the moral of this story is just, don't I've win cars the- on McDonald's Monopoly. <laughs> I've just got this picture of you with a Cambodian grandson. <laughs> Why is my grandson Cambodian? Because you can't have biologics so you adopted out of the country. <laughs> Not Angelina Jolie. <laughs> oh, Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. I don't know if there's Scientology in Cambodia, is there? <laughs> He'd do anything to get it there, though, wouldn't he? True, very true. But what a man, Tom. Have you seen Top Gun Maverick? What a movie. I, I'm i going to confess, I've actually not even seen the first one. Oh, okay. Well, I, like, I'm not but a this big... Goes with, but this goes with the conversation we had uh, earlier today. Oh, about me yeah. saying nothing, John Wick. Uh, yeah, okay, exactly. Okay. But but in, in, having said that, I'm like I'm honestly not a fan of the original Top Gun. I think it's overrated. I don't get the love of it. It's fine. So I went into seeing Top Gun Maverick with no expectation. Like, oh, I didn't really like the first one, but eh, this looks kind of okay. It is amazing. Like, it is one of the best films yeah. I've seen in so long. Like, it just brings you that. Remember when you used to go to the movies and you used to kind of feel like, yeah, wow, good movie. Nowadays, it's kind of hit and miss, right? Whereas, like, this yeah. was just one of those movies where you're like, this is just a blockbuster popcorn action flick. Deserved to get nominated for an Oscar. Tom Cruise should have been nominated for an Oscar for it. Lady Gaga song is epic. I was only going to do that and forget the lyrics, but I didn't. But it's just, there's <laughs> so much about Top Gun Maverick, which I cannot recommend enough. And you don't really need to have seen the first one to see the second one. Like, there are references, of course. But, yeah, it's just, mm. I don't know. It's just such a movie that I'm just like, I could recommend that to anybody on this planet. Yeah, I'm keen to give it a go. It's just also having time to sit down and watch a movie and... But, but yes, you yes, saw yeah. John Wick, which I mean, I've never seen John Wick uh, one, two, or first, three. It, so it was the first time my wife and I had gone to the movies since October. What did you last see in October? I'm trying to find, I'm trying to remember. I actually can't remember what we saw. Must have been. A good I think film. it was a kids' movie. I think it was a kids' movie. Minions two. <laughs> no. <laughs> First I actually cannot remember head. what we saw. <laughs> Far out. I can't remember what we saw. But anyway, um, uh, no, it was a Marvel movie. Can't remember what it was. Um, no, it was Thor. Thor: Love and Thunder. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. And which which I digged. I digged it. I that digged was it. Fine. Natalie Portman. Yeah. We... Yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> that's a moment of silence. Natalie Portman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that'll do. Um, yep. But but again, it's uh, John Wick Four is exactly the same thing. It's just a, a movie. You go in, you go far out. This is just great. It's just balls to the wall action. Every five seconds, something's happening. It's great. Well, I've got to ask you then because we're going to talk about this on movies. 
the great man mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser, Academy Award winner. Now, have you? You've got to see the whale, the movie he won it for. Now, it's a, the whale isn't a movie you take the family to. The whale isn't a movie where you're going to be like blown away, blockbuster. Yeah, it's Brendan Fraser. No, in but, it, but it's a story. But it's great. It's uh, a great film. Yeah. See, the I I would put that in the same hierarchy as like say the Shawshank Redemption, the Green Mile, yep. or something like yep, that. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd go on that. And it's 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 um because it's based on a plane. You can tell because it's basically set in one room for the entire movie. But like, I think yeah. what is done so brilliantly, and what Brendan Fraser does so brilliantly, is and the film's got a lot of criticism for oh this is you know fat shaming and it's it's such bullshit. As somebody who has been big yeah. my most most of my life i relate so much to what he's going through in this movie and connect with him i was not quite as big as his characters in this movie but i was quite a big man for a large portion of my life so i can connect to that and i definitely don't think it's fat shaming and but like it's just the thing that is just so amazing and like nobody dislikes Brendan Fraser. This man is just an icon, but like, this is a guy fucking George of the jungle, Dudley do right. The mummy, like, I mean, bedazzled all those great yeah. movies we watched when we were younger. And you never thought to yourself, that guy's going to win an Oscar. And he has, he's won an Oscar. Josh, Brendan Fraser, Academy award yeah. winner. It's because he's genuine. Yeah. That's what it is. He, he He's a genuine person. You can see it when he gives his interviews, you can see it when they're filming him like, out and about pepper up and then you he put brings that genuine nature to his roles like he did that in the mummy like yeah the mummy's a fantastic movie the oh, first two absolutely love I've them never seen the third and i've not seen the tom cruise right. one but i've definitely seen the first two yeah the, the tom cruise one's not a bad one for just to sit i've heard it's not as bad as people after. say it is like i it gets a lot of crap but i've heard it's russell, not that bad R- russell crowe as dr jekyll and mr hyde bloody good I reckon he saw he was great as Herc. Uh, was he Hercules or Zeus? <laughs> no, no, he was Zeus. Zeus yeah, it's like four. I give you my you can piss off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Russell Crowe, but yeah, it's it's it's. I like it's. Do you know who actually? Actually, do you know who would have been a really cool Zeus? Who? Like, and they they missed out Nick Giannopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen what's that? Wog Boys three. I've not even seen Wog Boys two. I'm halfway through it. I've, I've tried to watch it. And again, it's the first one was great. Mm. I, I haven't seen the second one. And then it's like the third one. Yeah, what okay. Boys Forever, I think, wasn't it called but, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. But mind you, though, I, I went on a, um, a bit of a nostalgia hit the other day, actually. I watched the first season of Underbelly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Guyton Grantley uh, back yeah. in those days. Yep. Yeah, all right. And then I so just go on because they're on um, Stan, the mm-hmm. streaming service, and the uh, final episode finished. And then, so would you like to watch Fat Tony? I'm like, hey, that's the same actor who played Tony Mockbell. Oh, yeah, I'll give that a go. Oh, oh Robert Mamone. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's got the same actors except for Jason, Mar- no, um, Mark Moran. And Roberta mm. are two different actors. But I remember when it's, that. It's yeah. about. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Well, uh, Robert Mamone, guest on this show way back in the day when he was on Home and Away before he was ever on uh, Underbelly and Guyton Grantley too, uh, nearly a guest in the show. I interviewed him when I worked at the Mercury, but uh, nice guy. But um, yeah, I remember, God, I worked at Sanity and rip Sanity, by the way. Sanity has just officially died. You can only 
go online now. All the physical stores of yeah. sanity are officially closed across Australia. Only yeah, talk- they've gone the way of Dick Smith Electronics. <laughs> 10 years beyond life that anybody thought sanity would last. So props to sanity. Good job for lasting an extra decade. Yes. But um, well, we both worked for sanity. We did, of course. There, so. Absolutely. Of course we did. But like the, the two busiest days, three busiest days I remember working at sanity. The first one was the day that the first underbelly was released. Like that was insane. All the pre-orders and yeah. everybody wanted to do it. The other one was when Michael Jackson died, and the other one was Pink's Funhouse DVD tour released. The amount of people that wanted Really? Those. Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah, Pink. Fucking earth. You just mentioned a name in a sanity store and people get wet. Like, it's insane. Um, that and so fresh. Yeah. <laughs> so fresh. There was, I remember, oh, back, I remember that. Oh, the man. funniest one was like back in, this was like around about when companies were starting to adopt social media policies, right? This was like 2008, 2009. So Facebook starting to become a thing. And this was before, yeah. remember before pages were a thing, they were groups. Everyone was joining a group on Facebook. And mm, the yes. one, the best one was use got so fresh. So it's spelled Y-O-U-S-E got so fresh. Basically the Bogans would come into Sanity going, oh, you got so fresh. And essentially it was just this like internal sanity <laughs> group where we'd just be, oh, I got this fucking Cheryl in today. <laughs> Like just ripping into bogans <laughs> and like literally like taking photos of like rat tailed, you know, chiggle bogans coming in. Um, eventually got found out and eventually was politely, guys, this isn't appropriate because social media policies again were very lax back in 2008. But every time I hear so fresh, I just hear you's got so fresh. <laughs> just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, still going strong. So fresh. Oh, hits of autumn, two thousand twenty-three. I'm sure is out right about now, Josh. So, um, are you are you kidding me? Oh, they're still going. Absolutely. And I think that now, now, like volume autumn twenty, like still going strong. So, I, I was moving because we were moving into the caravan, and I put the because we the Apple TV put it up on the shelf. I've gone in, done something, come back, and Naomi had put two CDs on it. I've gone, why the fuck have we got CDs? <laughs> what is that? How, how, how old are we now? Like the fact that records are now more popular than CDs. So it's like, what the hell is that? Like a DVD, like a DVD. What is that? Like I remember when DVDs so, came out, they were the coolest thing. In my board game collection that I've got here, I've got the original Nightmare board game. I don't know if you remember the the VHS ads for Nightmare. Oh, it was yeah. where the board game came. It's a horror with the VHS telling you what to do. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. And so my kids are going through and goes, oh, Dad, can we play this? I'm going, oh, no, we don't have a video player. He goes, oh, yeah, we do. On your computer, Dad. I'm like, we don't have a video player, mate. He's like, what do you mean? So I pulled it out. I'm like, this is what a video is. He goes, is that just like a Lego brick? <laughs> is it like a big Lego brick? Oh, uh, like it's just... No, I son. Remember when you were a kid and you would bring things up like that up to your parents and they would kind of like, you're like, oh, what's this? What's this? And like you would feel like, wow, that's so ancient. And now the fact that you've got like... Like there are people at my work who were like born the year September 11 happened. And it's just like, like what? Like you don't even know what September 11 yeah. is. Because you were like born. Like that was like us in the 80s. Like I don't know about the Berlin Wall falling down. We were like two, weren't we? So, like, it's kind of these big historic moments yeah. that you vividly remember and people look at you, like, dumbfounded, like, 9-11. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, what, what was 9-11? Um, go ask your mother. Yeah. <laughs> the number and a number. Speaking of disasters, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Carlton and Richmond drew. Um, oh. <laughs> now, we've got to, we're going to settle a bit, which I'll get to in a moment. But, like, 
did you watch it? Um, because no, I want to say Carlton did a very good job at losing a game we should have won. Well, drawing a game that we should have won. So I wasn't watching it. I was at work, but I was following the uh, the score. So every like twenty minutes, I'd look at the look at the phone and go, "Oh, I'm like far out! Come on, boys, get up there!" <laughs> like third quarter, I'm like, "Fuck! I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to look at the scores anymore." And then at siren, my my phone sends me the 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 notification siren's gone and I'm going, oh yeah, how bad thing? And I look and went, you what now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my dad actually went to it. I haven't spoken to my dad since. So I, I don't know what he thought. I, I experienced a draw in person last year in Melbourne as a Fremantle Richmond game. Funnily enough, I was at, um, at Marvel stadium and your guys, I never, I can't remember the player, but he marked the ball like on the 50 scores were level. All he had to do was just like milk the clock because everybody knew like the time was about to run out. All he had to do was milk yeah. the clock, bomb it, got a point, they would have won. He decided to play on and then he sort of hesitated because the siren went and he's like, no, 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 I didn't play on. And they were like, yeah, you did, mate. You played on, siren's gone, game over, it's a draw. It's a very weird yeah. feeling being in a ground with a draw. So I can't imagine what my dad was like. But it was just, it's one of those feelings. he's a Carlton supporter too, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. That's why, that's why I've got it in my brain. Yeah. Um, but like it's... It's just such an interesting feeling, particularly like if we were losing and we got a draw, it's kind of like, oh, it feels like I've watched Carlton games where we've drawn and we shouldn't have even gotten points out of it. So you kind of feel like, oh, okay, that's all right. But for this one, like we should have won. Um, fucking Tom Lynch. Yeah. Fucking no, no, traitorous I'm not, I'm not gonna, bastard. I'm, I am not. <laughs> fucking hate I Tom am Lynch. not disputing that. I am not saying that the Tigers deserve the draw or that you like, but yeah, suck it. Um, but at the end of the day, we both bounced back. Yeah. I mean, the time of recording this, we're just after round two. Obviously, people listening to this a few weeks later, but you guys knocked off Adelaide. Well done. And we beat Geelong. We yeah. beat the reigning premiers. So oh, suck it, Sam. That made me happy. Um, that made me happy. And you know what we need to do? And I think we have to make a conscious effort for this. If we get to a premiership and it's Carlton and Richmond. Don't. We both we both have to go. Mate, I've... And, I've and, no, 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 and here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. You go dressed in Richmond gear, oh, I go dressed off. in Carlton gear. No way. I'm sorry. Like, I've been the one grand final I've been to in my life, Bulldog Sydney. I still wear Carlton Guernsey. Like, it doesn't matter what grand I'm no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I will not, I don't dislike <laughs> Richmond, but like, not if it's, if, if it's Richmond like Sydney, sure, I'll wear Richmond stuff, but I'm not wearing against Carlton. Fuck off. I've committed to Carlton <laughs> making the finals. I don't care. Like, we were 0.4 of a percent from making the finals last year. So fuck off, Collingwood. But as soon as we made oh, the finals. No, no, no. You, you guys were robbed oh, last don't, year. Don't, Absolutely don't. I'll start robbed. crying. I literally cried. I literally got up and I just didn't say a word. I went to my bedroom and I cried. Like, I just, anyway. But like, as soon as we make the finals next time in my lifetime, hopefully by the time I'm like 80, I'm going to a final. Like I, I need to see Carlton play a final. Grand final, I mean, that's a pipe dream. Um, but at least you've like, I've seen Carlton win a premiership in my life. I saw them when I was eight years old, not in person, but like I watched them on TV. So I remember at yeah. least us winning a premiership. I, the, the year I was born, we won a premiership. You obviously hadn't for a long time, but in the last you know few years, you've been Had for lucky. a long time. I hadn't seen one in my life. Well, that's what I meant. I should have said that. Yes, of course. It was 2018, wasn't it? No. 2017, 2019, and 2020, you won three. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Which I think it's uh, the thing that is like, I think any AFL fan for the neutral supporters, like we've we've been in a pretty good period in the last 10 years, well, even 20 years. We've seen sides who I remember growing up who you would never dream of even seeing in the finals. Like I'm talking Sydney, 
I'm talking the Bulldogs, Melbourne. Like these yeah. are teams, and Richmond, I'll put in that category. These are teams that were always that, oh, I feel sorry for them because they never do well. But in our lifetime now, at least I've seen Sydney win two grand finals or Melbourne win one. Yeah, so it, I was at the, it, the game when the Dogs it, won. It, it was worse for, for Richmond though because it was like, oh, they're going to go. They're going to go. Oh. It always finished ninth, famously. I, I honestly think it was worse for the Dogs because exactly. to me, St Kilda always gets the, oh, they've only won one premiership, poor St Kilda. Before Bulldogs won it, they'd only ever won one premiership. And unlike St Kilda, they don't even made two grand finals in their life. They hadn't been in a grand final for 60 years, let alone won one. St Kilda had been like four grand finals yeah. and just choked every single fucking time. So I exactly. always... They deserve what they get. Yeah. So I, I like the, the sad fact of the matter is... If St Kilda win a premiership before Carlton do, Carlton will officially have the longest active drought in the AFL without winning a premiership. I mean, guess Fremantle I technically. Already, I thought that was already the case. No, so St Kilda last won a premiership in 66. Uh, Melbourne previously had the longest drought, but they obviously won it two years ago. So St yep. Kilda won theirs in 66, and then you've got to go all the way to 1995. Technically, Fremantle shared that record with us because Fremantle entered the competition the year that we won our premiership last time. So Technically, Fremantle have never won one, so you would argue Fremantle and Carlton have the longest active drought. But of sides that have won it previously, uh, we've got the current active drought of longest uh, gap between grand finals. It's us and North Melbourne, 99. We have not played in a grand final since 99. Whereas every other club, with the exception of the Gold Coast, because they've never even made the finals, has played in a grand final since 1999. So, pain, Josh. Pain. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I feel your pain. I feel you. I've felt your pain for years. But now you can gloat about it. On that, oh yeah. So generally, our bet because we're going to be doing singing either way. But like, I've got these queued up. Do we just want to as a draw? Do we both sing each other's song? Do you think that's fair? Or I don't know. Because eh? like, do, it, is it? Do we just go? Okay. Let, <laughs> you let, tell let, me. Let, I'd let, have whatever you want. I'm, I'm happy to say we we both drew. We're both winners, so it is no sin. Oh, we both get two points. We both send the, sing the Gold Coast song. Uh, so. Fuck. <laughs> um, we're going to come back soon, and we actually are going to sing because it's been a while. <laughs> yes, And we're going to do some shit, and it's going to be a blast. So um, let's go to something else, and we'll come back to that. All right. Hello, everyone. I am standing here with a very good friend of ours on the brink. Uh his name rhymes with Bam and Flamossen. It's Sam McCrossan. Hello, Sam. Oh, hello, Vince. Good to be back. I can't remember the last time I was on. It would have been a long time ago. Yeah, I think we might have done a recording or two when I was back in Tassie. I can't quite remember, but um, we're here now standing in line for the 2023 20, Australian Grand Prix on a Thursday. We've never come on a Thursday before. Yeah, yeah. Well, in this spot... What, uh, three years ago when we were standing ready to go in and they said, nah, nah, we've come up with a fake pandemic, man. And everyone's going home. We're going to lock everyone down and put masks on and stick needles in people's arms. That's exactly what they said, completely all that. But uh, no, we are, we are back. It's been a while. You obviously came last year. I didn't. But uh, how are you feeling right now? Excited? Yeah, good. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I think we're going to have a lot of fun this weekend and do plenty of these recordings and everything along the way. But... Um, we're also now in this post-Netflix revolution of Formula One where, I don't know, what do, what do you think the percentage of these fans are actual fans versus, oh, I liked it on Netflix, so I'm going to see it live? Yeah, more like home and away fans these days, Ben. So, so are you going to give, like, what, a 40% real fan versus 60% fake? And, uh... 60-40? Yeah, 60-40 rule. And then we'd go the things. Huh? Go, Lance! 
Here we go. See, they ha- they have to they have to the Aston Martin people, and they have to give a thumbs up, otherwise La- uh, Lawrence fires them. Yeah, prob- that would be right, Ben. No, yeah. I'm down with that. He'd, he'd get the old whip out. That's for sure. I, I still always love this when we used to come. Remember that time we walked in with Manisha Cowdermore? We're just like, "G'day, Manisha. How you doing?" She's like, "Oh, good." It's like, "Good luck." She's like, "Thanks." Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Wonder what she's doing these days. Yeah, I don't know. I remember the the one four years ago or three years ago. We knew it wasn't happening because there was all that confusion. But when we saw Johnny Herbert and Anthony Davidson walking out with their bags, remember we tweeted that and we got, like, all these retweets and everybody was like, oh, it's not happening. This guy, why are leaving? So we kind of broke the news, I want to say, that day. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, That was your most successful uh, tweet ever? I think it might have been. Who have we got here? Bell Racing Service. I'm just, we've got a lot of mechanics and team people who walk past us in this area, which is always good to, like, comment on. So, um, what are we getting handed out here? Racetrack things? Hang on one moment. Let's see here. Hello. Are you from Victoria? No, we are not. No, okay. So, we've got a couple of key rings. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. If you did want a fridge magnet, there's a couple of these. Yeah, I'll take a fridge magnet. Why not? There you go. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right. We're just um, getting accosted with free magnets and... Uh, bloody key rings which is always good this is great podcasting um what is going to be your highlight of the weekend sam give me give me a quick and we'll we'll check in and see how you feel about that uh in a couple of days uh so on sunday it pours with rain uh it's a big thunderstorm um but they still they still go and do the race will they though it's 2023 they never race in the rain it's like cricket now yeah they're a bit soft these days very risk adverse but uh but it happens anyway it happens and um uh, one of the um, Verstappen, or no, Perez. Perez gets injured. Perez gets injured. Yeah. Wow! In, in practice, that's, a, that's a, okay. Right. So Ricardo jumps in and breaks down on the first lap. <laughs> Jesus, you're putting the Mickey on him all like, oh, Ricardo gets his big break in the dominant car and boom, he breaks down on the first lap. Wow. Okay. Yep. And uh, Logan Sargent. Um, uh, Becomes ill across the weekend oh, as well. No, not my man Logan. Yep, and Juan Montoya comes out of retirement and replaces him. Don't think he'll fit in the car anymore. And finishes on the podium. Fuck. So that happens. Uh, and anyway, uh, the winner of the Grand Prix is Lance Stroll. If Lance Stroll wins this Grand Prix, I will get a Lance Stroll tattoo on Monday morning. Wow. I, big, I, big call right now. If Lance Stroll wins this Grand Prix, I will get his LS logo tattooed on me on Monday morning. That's a very big call, Ben. I'm, I, I'm committing to that right now. Well, this is being recorded on Thursday, and it's happening. We'll see what happens. I will be the only person at this track who will be happy about that, except for those Aston Martin employees that walk past us who are forced to like it because of their his father. I'm, I'm guarantee I'm the only one wearing a Lance Stroll T-shirt today. I guarantee I'm the only one with a Canadian flag with me today. I think I'm in very limited company. And if I get to uh, say good day to Lance this morning, I'll uh, I'll tell him that what I'm going to do on Monday. You're the hardcore. I am. Uh, well, we'll see how that all plays out, and we'll speak to you across the weekend. And uh, can, have you talked to the Sarge lately at all? Uh, it could be about Ben. It can, could can you be. can you put in a call for him to see if he wants to come on the show at some point? Look, I'll see what we can do. Thank you. I look forward to it. <laughs> all right, we are back, and I've got Josh with me again. Hello, Josh. 
Hello. Just thought I'd say hello again. Um, <laughs> it's awkward. We've been talking off air for ages and all of a sudden, hi, Joss. Oh. You know, we're shitting ourselves because, because for the first time in forever, it's time to... It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. On Edge Radio? We don't talk about them anymore, do we? Wow. Josh has lost it. Has it been in forever? Oh my goodness! We need to. What I I need to do? We need to more regular because we need to do things like reduxes. I recently did a redux of the Brink Five Questions with Noel, which he did like a decade ago, and answers change. So, but this is a throwback. Twenty years on air, Josh. Come on! Wow, listen to it. That's a good song. (laughs) People don't know what this is. Because look, I honestly, I know we did this for a while when I was on radio in New Zealand on the Ben and Mal Variety Hour, but I don't, I think you and I did this a little bit a few times on the brink here over the years, of course. But, um, and also we did on High Noon as well. We have, but, but I never get to hear this stuff. You don't. That's the thing. You don't, of course you don't, because you never hear this. So basically, if people are new to the show, welcome, you're in for a treat. Um, this is a segment <laughs> in which it was based on a TV show called Don't Forget the Lyrics. Now, back then, hosted by Wayne Brady, uh, you had a song that appeared on the screen... <laughs> And then essentially, they would show blank spaces and you had to try and remember the lyrics for famous songs. So we came up with an idea of, let's do an on-air singing segment in which we have to deliberately forget the original lyrics and sing brand new ones on the spot with a subject that we come up with on-air. Now, I'm going to say this is my favourite segment I have ever done in all of my broadcasting career, and this has been the least favourite segment anybody who has ever listened to any of my stuff in my broadcasting career has ever commented on me. Not one person has ever given me a compliment on this section. They hate it. They're like, Ben, stop it. It's not funny. How many managers at Edge Radio told us to stop doing this? And I say to all of them, get fucked. I love it. This is hilarious. So, Josh, you're going to go first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Do you know, you know what's in my head right now is when we got the deputy premier of the yes state of Tasmania to sing about having diarrhea. Yes, a, yesterday, event. Graham Sturgis. That's right. We got Scott fucking Bacon. Uh, as well, he did like a virgin by Madonna. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, wow. Did, did we ever get? Um, did we ever get? Oh, um, radar to do it. No, no, sadly oh. not. We we talk we sung about Tim though. Oh dear old Tim. I miss him. I miss Ripped him. Tim. He's been gone for about ten years now. I think. Oh no, probably no. Because I was at the Mercury, so yeah, not quite ten. But ripped him. Um, that that yeah. was very sad. Um. So, basically, what we're gonna do is Josh will do a solo, I will do a solo, and then we will do a duet, which is very exciting. So, <laughs> may God have mercy on your souls. How how so for the solos basically? So Josh, I will come up with Josh's topic. And then, for mine, Josh will come up with my topic. We don't know the topics. We have not colluded off air. I have literally what? thought of my topic five seconds ago. and I, I don't even know what song he has picked. Uh, for myself. No, you don't. Um, no. I barely. I, I struggle to choose a song. Because this is the thing. We also tried to have the no repeat policy. So, we've been doing this now for 15 years. So, we generally don't like to repeat songs we've done. It's happened a couple of times accidentally because I've forgotten that we've done that song before. But anyway. So, Josh, first of all, yeah. what song... Are you going to be singing to today? 
Okay, this is Lost in the Woods. It's from Frozen 2. It's hella 80s cringe. So this is the newer Let It Go? Is this like what was trying to be Let It Go? In? I've never seen any of the Frozen, so I don't know anything about no. it. So the, the best way to describe it is uh, Karate Kid 2. Okay. Uh, uh, Peter Katera. You're the best. The best. Nothing's going to stop. That no, one? not that one. Oh. No, no. Um that's a good song for okay. karaoke. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was like the love song in that karaoke. I've never seen a karaoke kid. Too. Sorry. Can't say you that. You're far out. I've offended Josh. Uh, it was in Back to the 80s as well. Oh, 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 yeah. We've done that before. Uh, Glory of Love. Yes, that's it. That just reminds you of fucking college. Oh, good days. Um, all right. So, in Lost in the Woods, Frozen 2. Yeah. Now, your subject... Should you choose to accept it? And you will, because you have to. I need you to sing to me about Ahmed Best in The Mandalorian. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. 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 Okay. All okay. right. I've got so, this. I've got this. How this works. I'm going to cue this up and magic of the internet and computers. It's, it's not quite like we were in the studio back on Age Radio. This is... <laughs> Age Radio. I, just, I noticed the other day, I saw somebody share a picture of Age Radio. They painted their studio. It looks quite fancy. I wish they had done that when I was there. Um, we'll throw to you. And then we. I think we rate out of 10 at the end of this. I can't remember what we used to do. It's fun. It's silly. We can't sing. Yeah. Get over it. Shut up. This is funny. This is why no one listens to us. Tom Cruise is gay. Listen to us. There we go. All right. Josh. I will uh, fade myself down, and if you're ready, I'm going to count you in, and you're going to press yep. your button on your side. I'm going to press my button this side. Three, two, one, go. That's a bit of silence. So we'll get there. Don't worry. Eventually. I was watching The Mandalorian Then Grogu Had an instant flashback And then I see this Slightly awesome face And then he pulled out a lightsaber then the voice went, Yes, I have a lightsaber too. And then my mind blew up and I was, Oh, that is him. That's what it's like when you find Ahmed best in the Mandalorian as a Jedi. Pulled out another lightsaber Cause he is Ahmed Best He is a Jedi He saved Grogu Did you know That was not the first time he played But how Keston Jedi and now I've just remembered that's not his name but hey it was so cool so cool yes I 
I love Armored best in this amazing Star Wars series. Saving Grogu and running away from the clones would only have been better if Hayden saw him and they both had a little duel. A little duel. That's why. Best and all the cookies. I love Star Wars. I love Ahmed Best. It's a bear. <laughs> Thank you so much. I hate you, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> you know, one thing I've noticed sometimes when we record on this show with certain people is that when people go high pitched, it's like it goes into that dog whistle where it just kind of mutes itself. So, um, but look, tell you one thing, for somebody who probably hasn't done this in what, like four or five years, you haven't lost a trick. This is why this segment is awesome. That's fun, right? We had fun with it. I don't think there was ever an an episode when we were doing it that we didn't have fun. And I think I may have just pissed off my neighbors, but I don't (laughs) care. Well, I'm going to test mine because, like, it's it's 10.07 when we're recording this. And, like, generally my name has been pretty cool because I've been recording after midnight, gotten a bit loud, but I've never quite sung before. So, anyway, if I get a knock on the door, we'll soon see. Uh, I'm going to give you a 9 out of 10. Solid. Oh, oh mate. Yep. Oh, I don't know. I don't give me a nine. No, I think after four or five years away, that was that was pretty good. So, um, and what neighbours are near a shed? Is that your mechanic? <laughs> <laughs> Fix your computer. Sorry. Stop listening to your fucking neighbors sing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Do you want to give me the subject first or do you want me to tell you the song? I think I'll tell you the song first. I, I, want to, I need to know the song. All right. So, again, it blew my mind that we'd never done this song before. I mentioned Madonna before. We've never done Like a Prayer. So, I'm doing Like a Prayer by Madonna, by the Queen. Really? really. Wow. Never done Like a Prayer. So, yeah. Interesting. But... This is one, wow. this, this kind of like starts straight away almost too. So this, I have to like be on the ball. So, all right. Channeling, channeling the inner oh, queen. Oh, well, you like to know your topic. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it. God. Spending the next week with Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Make that sound erotic. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll turn it into being right. Okay. No, I, I, I like a challenge. All right. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to fade you down slightly yeah. and we're going to do living on a prayer. I love living on a prayer, like a prayer. I've done living on a prayer before. Uh, singing about spending the next week with Sam. Uh, all right, let's try this. I'm going to cue this up myself on both sides. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. All right. Bit of a bit of silence at the beginning. Mm. I had a drink. Sam is a mystery, he's a Macrossan, that family is a cool one, but does anybody understand them? 
when you call his name He answers to Sam Because that's his name I'm gonna see him on Wednesday We're gonna go to the Grand Prix We're gonna watch those cars They're gonna go real fast It is my friend called Sam He used to be A co-host on this show When we're together, we might do some recordings To play on this show He had a pig It was called Byron He threw it on the roof of the welcome stranger What a legend When you call his name His name is Sam He likes to do things Like drive around in cars And wear mullet wigs And hang around with stew We're gonna have a fun time That is what we'll do Like a man Called the Random Beef Man He talked about Toyota Hiluxes too Remember the Sergeant Porcupine (laughs) He used to hate the Greens And Lena Valley But loved Pauline Hanson And the Collingwood Football Club For the next week I'll be with that man That very funny man That man that is called Sam We will hang out all day And all night too Not in a sexual way Just like how bros do When you call his name It is Samuel McCrossin He likes to do things Like eat at all the possums And when he drives that car real slow He'll get pulled up by the cops That is true, you know Yeah Ah Life is a mystery When you hang out with them across and family There is this sister Lucy She was one of our very first guests On this show Just like Sam He is the man He has kids you know That is a cool show I don't know why you would watch that show. Anyway, we're going to Melbourne and we're gonna watch the Grand Prix. I'm gonna I'm gonna fade that down because this song goes on for like six minutes. <laughs> and I think the lyrics just repeat themselves over and over again for the most part of that. But uh, not bad. Bit rusty, but we got there. Did we? I'm impressed, mate. I'm I'm impressed. You're impressed. You're oh, impressed. Oh, mate, I'm giving you a nine point five out of ten. Oh, winner, winner. Hang on, let's let's <laughs> nine point five. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me just just stop there for a second. Try that again, Josh. What did you just give me? Nine point five out of ten, <laughs> Benno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what we need? We really need. We we need to find Medzi. Oh. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Are you not? I am too. Yeah. yeah. But we need to get like a. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is he messaging you now? I'm here. I'm here, Josh. 
No, no. What we need to get is him. Go away. <laughs> oh, wait a We're talking about you. are not on the show yet. No, no. Uh, we need we need to get. Fuck off. <laughs> it's, it's a stupid group chat. Oh, look at me. I've got friends. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it's they're all asking stupid questions about Star Wars. It's that- Grogu, not Baby Yoda. Move on. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we need to get uh, him to do a soundbite. Look, I, I will make this commitment right now because I say right now it is our 20th year on air. But in 2024, it will be 20 years since we started. So obviously, if you do the math, it's 20 years. But then like next year, we'll be celebrating actually 20 years. I think we need to make a commitment right now. In 2024, we get Medzi on the show in some capacity. Because I don't actually think we ever actually had him on as a guest. I don't no, think he would come on. This is as big as I, he would, he, would you have? I mean, this is—I don't, I don't want to disparage what he would do on air when we would like drive to and from school, uh, and uh, you know, this is a teacher who probably, in hindsight, shouldn't. Um, we'll just leave it at that. But, um, <laughs> but I don't say that in a bad way because, like, I don't want to get him into trouble because I love the man. He's like, you know, when you always say you've got that one teacher that you always remember. He's—he's he's my teacher, like always the one that. I mean, he got me yeah. the radio, so without him, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. I think the statue of limitations are up, so it's okay. <laughs> um, Anyway, so duet time. Uh, so we have a bit of a, a tradition apparently when it comes to this segment that we like to do James Bond songs, and we've gone through a few of them. But since we last did a duet, a new James Bond movie's come out. So uh, why not do yes. the newest song, No Time Which to Die? Which I actually don't mind. I'm not a fan of Billy Eilish, but... It's fine. Uh, it's a good song. <laughs> it it fits the movie. Um, yes. <laughs> you can remember the message I sent you after I watched it. Yeah, well, look, uh, that's a whole other story. We need to get you on 007 to talk about it because I, I'm a fan. I, I rank that very highly in my overall it's, it, Okay, It's a good movie, except for the last 10 fucking minutes. I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm fine with him dying. I've, I've, I've accepted it. I think they, they did what they did. And to me, the Daniel Craig era is just its own beast. And Bond 26 will just pick straight up after Die Another Day. We'll be back to Invisible Cars, hopefully. But, all right. So, uh, we need to come yeah. up with like a rock, paper, scissors or something here. Because basically, um, well, I don't know. Like, do you think it's better to choose a subject or better to go first? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I tell you what. I Do I have it handy? I think I do. Oh, Josh is. Where the hell did I put it? Yes, looking, I do. He's <laughs> looking for Jesus. What's he found? I have, I have in this bag, <laughs> a bag of uh, chance cubes. What are they called in uh, Phantom Menace? Oh, you yes, do, do actually. <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? Are they called chance cubes? Is that what it's called? It's a chance cube. Chance so this is a chance cube. Okay. So it, this is we we use this in the game that I play, uh, only to decide who goes first. All right, so, so so are you trying to say then that going first is better or choosing the subject is better? Um, I would say choosing the subject is better because you get an advantage. Or you just pick a colour and then you pick if you want to go first or if you want to choose the subject. Done. All right, I'm red. Okay, just, just hold on. I'm going to do it oh, so he's showing see. me. Oh, hello. He's moving the camera down. I like where this is going. Okay. Yeah. Ready? He's rolling. He's rolling. This is great podcasting and it is. You like, didn't even pick a fucking colour. I said Red. Okay, you did. Well, you got it. Okay, I couldn't see because the blurred colour. So it is red. Okay, all right. So um, it is red. I'd like red. to go first. So I think okay. you can choose the subject. 
Okay. Uh, no time to die. Okay. Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. What are here we, we go. Pick? Here we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah. I, I think you picked right because I, I, I am not good at picking topics. Um. <laughs> all right. Okay. No, no. We'll fit it with James Bond. We're gonna we're gonna sing about people that we would like to see as the next James Bond. Oh, I like it. All right. So. To clarify, obviously, we, we take it in terms. We don't sing over the top of each other. That was the worst thing we ever used to do. Um, I will go until the end of the first chorus. So I will go until yep. the end of the first No Time to Die, and then you pick it up from the second verse, and then we can just swoop it around. And yep. obviously, I hope you've got the video queued up, and I will count us in. Yep. Uh, so we're talking about people we'd like to see. Be James Bond. That works for me. All right. Let's do this. Three, two, one, go. All right, just give, give it some time. All right, Billy. <laughs> Billy Irish, Eilish, no. Oh, you've really practiced the piano. No, so good. Just, uh, it's emotional. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> it's like, my piano name is Jacinta. Hello, Jacinta. All right. Serious, Ben. This is, this is very serious. Both our listeners love this. Daniel Craig is dead Got blown to shreds Now we don't know Who the next Bond will be on the Bond show Will it be Henry Cavill? That man is sexier than a gavel. Could it be Richard Madden? That guy looks so hot I wanna lick him. I could see him in a tuxedo, see him with a Walter Peak PK. Perhaps Henry Cavill and him could shoot each other off. Because I want either of them. Or perhaps a guy who's called Ben. Choose Henry. Choose Richard, choose either of them, but just don't choose a woman because I'm not sexist, but that is not James Bond. That's a completely different character. Go, Josh! I message Ben After we saw him die But my heart lies With Henry Cavill As the new James Bond He's the king of all the geeks and yes, he looks very chic. No, 
he paints Warhammer and plays the Witcher. And don't you dare forget Superman. And now he's gonna be in a Warhammer show. He's just the king of the geeks. I want him Cavill. Oh, I want to lick him. Or maybe Sam Clavin. He's okay. <laughs> but let's not have Timothy Chalamet. Oh. Licking Henry all over. Then we go to Richard Madden. Either of them would be a good Bond, just not Timothy Shamalamalamalamalamalam. Or the woman. Or the woman. Or the woman. Woman. Oh yay! Woman. Woman. You know, woman. We got a woman. I think, um, in all fairness, not the best duet song because I think I got the bulk of the goodness and you just kind of got stuck with it. It's an odd song, No Time to Die. It, just, it feels like it always ends it abruptly. Like it just, it's, you know. There, it, there's a mix of that. It's done by uh, Samuel, uh, L. Samuel Jackson. Kim. Yeah, Samuel Kim on on um, on YouTube. He does a, a mix with it where he does uh, that and Adele's um Oh. Song, and it's actually a really decent mix. What's his name? And Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel Kim. Samuel Kim. Samuel Kim. <laughs> I'm tired of these motherfucking Bond songs having no fucking motherfucking melody. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm giving you a 10. You win. I think you, you did solidly today. So um, well done, Josh. Good job. Oh. I actually, one thing I want to mention is quickly in the Bond songs because I think moving forward and forget yeah. the lyrics, let's also make a pack that we have to get through all the Bond songs. So we will what have, have we got left? What have we got oh, left? Oh, God. We're going to have to fucking try and do something to all-time high, the worst fucking song of all, Bond. Um, off the top of my have head, we, going backwards. Have we, have, have we done um, All the Time of the World? Uh, no, we haven't. Because so, I'm would. I, I I'm going to own that one because I want to do my impersonation of... Cooling Monster? The, yeah, of the Satchman. <laughs> well, there, there's a couple that I think have been done <laughs> solos. <laughs> <laughs> so I think off the, t- off the top of my head, um, we've done all the Craig ones. Yeah, we've done Skyfall. We've done no writings on the wall. We did all um, another way to die, like back in when that first came out. Done, you know my name. I don't think we've actually done Die Another Day, which you know it's my baby. Uh, done yep. the world is enough. Done tomorrow never dies. Done Goldeneye. Done license kill. Done living. Yeah, we've done a. I think we. If, I think it might be we've Die Another Day. And then we haven't done um, Octopussy. We've done Fear Eyes Only. We haven't done Moonraker. Yeah, there's there's probably like eight or nine we haven't done. So I remember doing the Living Daylights. Yeah. Hey, I saw Aha Live in New York. <laughs> great, great to. Yeah, oh. that's, that's on my bucket list now. I've got this weird bucket list where I want to try and see every Bond singer or Bond theme singer or band who's alive, because obviously a few of them are sadly dead, uh, mm. live. So I have seen four, five, four. Uh, I've seen Madonna, I've seen Garbage, I've seen Tom Jones, and I've seen Aha. Only two of them sang their Bond songs. That was Aha and Tom Jones. But Sam Smith is well, in Tom Sydney. Jones sang his song. He did, he? Thunderball. He did Thunderball as an encore. It was great. Um, Garbage sadly didn't do well enough. Madonna didn't do Die Another Day. But she's about to do a greatest hits tour, so I'm hoping she'll do it on that. But Sam Smith is in Sydney later this year. Not a big Sam Smith fan, and his song's okay. But if he's, <sighs> if it's on the list, I'll go see him. Um, so, you know. I, I don't think I could bring myself. <laughs> 
I just, I just wanted like I'd go see Billie Eilish just because I don't know. It's a cool bucket list. Join me, yeah, Josh. Let's go see him all live. See, see, I, I'd see Billie Eilish. My no, no, sorry, I have. My oh. wife and I saw her at a festival. Oh, good job. When I got scammed, when my name got stolen in New Zealand, they were trying to scam Billie Eilish tickets. That's when I heard who she was. I never heard of her until that day. Until I had people yell at me, you fucking sold me Billie Eilish tickets. I'm like, oh, what? What did I do? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Josh, um, this has been fun. We're going to do this again, I feel. So thank yes, you. Yes, yes. We can definitely do it most Monday nights. When I'm not recording, we are Legion, Star Wars Legion podcast. Download now. <laughs> All right, everyone. We are here with Samuel McCrossan, the Albert Park Formula One. So we've got a bit of a tradition to keep up here. We used to do this back in the days of the qualifying lap, just before the first practice of what used to be the first practice of the season, but it's obviously not the season anymore. Samuel and I would talk about our excitement levels. So first of all, good day, Sam. Oh, hello, Benjamin. How are you doing? Where'd you come from? Where'd you come from? My mother and father, about 36 years ago. What about you? Oh, wow. That's a, it's a very good question. Yeah, well, well, you might need to get some family lineage going there if you don't know where you came from, Sam, but that's another, that's another episode. Um, tradition, we, we do this just before first practice at Albert Park. How are you feeling? Good, good. Uh, a good, good, healthy sense of anticipation. Is it a bit different given that it's obviously not the first practice of season 2023? It's a little bit different being it's round three, not round one? Yeah, that happened last year. But at least it's early in the season, right? So we still get to... We still get to... It's still a bit fresh. How are you thinking this will go? Who are you... I don't even know who you support these days, Sam. You, you, your support changes like your underwear. It's frequent. Who is... I think you're a bit of a Verstappen fan. Is that where I'm leaning towards here with your feelings? No, I'm 100% Verstappen. Oh, yeah. So you, you want the orange army, the orange army to... To do well, but not the papaya ones. It's a bit of a different colour to the uh, old Max Orange, isn't there? That's right. No, I've got a hatred for McLaren. Good. You've joined my bandwagon. I like it. Now, just update our listener on the greatest moment on your life coming to the Grand Prix. After 20 years in the making, 20 years ago, you came to your very first Australian Grand Prix, like I did, 2003. That was a Grand Prix that should have been won... Should have been one. He went off, didn't he, late in the race? Yep. By your man, Juan Pablo Montoya. His son is racing now in Formula 3. We had a great old chat and meet and greet with him yesterday. What a nice guy little uh, Sebastian Montoya is. His father's here. Snobbed you, first of all. But then what happened the second time he walked past you? Ah, well, yes, the young fella is engaging, first of all. But, yep, uh, Juan Pablo... Um, let us down first time, but came back and delivered the goods. Got got my program out and he signed right next to his son's photograph. So uh, I thought that might work on him and it did. 20 years in the making, Sam. Did you think that young Samuel McCross, and you would have been, what, 18 back then? I think you were two years older than me, aren't you? So what, 18 back in 2003 that you would have ever gotten your main man's autograph? Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't think I'd ever get that, that one because I didn't think Juan Pablo would be coming back to the Australian Grand Prix anytime soon, but we got it, and we're so pleased. Well, I'm, I'm pleased for you as well. You've been getting a lot of F2, F3 drivers as well. You've been doing the rounds. Um, obviously, everything else uh, exciting. So it, it doesn't feel like a Friday, does it? It feels like, to me, it feels like a Saturday, because I thought yesterday was Friday, because we don't usually come on a Thursday. It does have a bit of a Saturday feel about it, Benjamin, that's for sure. Who's your tip for this weekend? It might be the easiest tip we have ever done, because... I'd almost bet my house on it going a certain Dutch driver's way. Definitely Nick DeVries. Yeah. And now I'm going for Max Mustappen. 
All right, well, we'll check in on each of the days. It's always a pleasure. Any any conversation with the Sarge just checking in? He might be about. I think he's in the city, but I'm not sure. Oh, you just got me a little bit hard, Sam. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you soon. Well, thank you, Ben. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. Back with Sam again. Hello, Sam. Oh, hello, Benjamin. How are you doing? Yeah, well, it's day four and I'm feeling pretty exhausted, but I'm up for it. You know I am. You're always up for it, Sam. Now, it's interesting because we just uh, here at the, well, sort of here at the track, got here before the race, uh, well, well before the race, thought, oh, yeah, we'll just casually make our way in a little bit before the gates open, watch the uh, F3s, F2s, go to gate eight. Now, paint the picture of gate eight, Sam. It's obviously like you get off the tram and you've got to walk down one street, cross the bridge, go down another path, and then there's more of a zigzag motion before you get. So it's like it's a bit of a length, isn't it, from the tram? A, l- a long way, like several several hundred metres. Now, put that into perspective, that when we got off the tram, there is a queue opposite the tram stop, all the way back up to the tram stop. That is how many people are... Have you ever seen it like this in the 20 years that you've been coming to the Grand Prix? Have not seen it like this, Ben. Extraordinary. It makes me wonder whether they've sold too many tickets. Well, every day they're talking about putting out record numbers, this is record-breaking, blah de blah blah and... It all looks good on paper, and look at our great new contract. But, yeah, I think there might be a few too many. But outside of the people and everything along those lines, have you enjoyed this year's Grand Prix so far? Because this will be the last time we'll speak to you this weekend, I reckon. But how have you felt about this Grand Prix this year? Oh, absolutely loved it, Ben. It's been so cool having the Formula 2 and Formula 3 there. That's the thing I've loved the most. So it's just been race after race that's been so entertaining. I've seen several accidents this weekend. It's just been massive action left, right and centre. Now, we told the story in the last bit about how you met your your man, Juan Pablo. You met a lot of the other younger drivers. You also got, what, Logan Sargent, Zach Brown's autographs. Did you get anyone else on the F1 side? Oh, uh, yes, I got Esteban Ocon. You did, yes. So you got two F1 drivers? Two F1 drivers. That's... You got the same amount as I did. Did. Well, I got Logan. I met him at the little pop-up store, so I got Logan's autograph there as well. Oh, so. we, got, we got the same too at different places. We did. We okay. did. I nearly got the uh, Alpha Towery cards that they were handing out at the uh, the um, fan stage, but I never quite got one. Um, who has been your favourite person you met this weekend? Oh, Sebastian Montoya. Even better than his dad. Yeah, yeah. The kid was very engaging, Ben. He like he just. We almost couldn't get rid of him. That was remember that year. That Johnny Herbert wouldn't go away, and we were trying to like get. I can't remember who it was. He like we did. We did an interview with him, I think, and we got his autograph. Oh, it was there. There was at the uh, red carpet for the Grand Prix ball. Remember? So remember we got the red carpet that year, and he like he was. We did an interview with him, and then he just wouldn't piss off, and he just wanted to keep talking. Like piss off, Johnny. We want to interview the next person. It's kind of like that. It was kind of like that. No, the the kid was the kid was very good. He was very up for a chat. Um, who knows as he gets more and more tired of the circus maybe he we won't get that so much anymore but um it was a nice moment ben and he got a podium yesterday as well so we were always at uh sebastian montoya's first ever podium so good for that uh turn to the race today again this will date because uh when people hear this clearly they will well and truly know the result of the 2023 australian grand prix but right now we are a good six or so hours away from that race who's your pick my pick my real pick or my um what, my fantasy pick? Or your Charles pick? Oh, right, okay. All right. Who am I going for? 
I think it'll be... Well, look, this might surprise you, Ben, but I am going for Timo Glock this weekend. Timo Glock! Is that Glock? No, no, not Timo Glock. Tim O Glock. Oh, the Irish driver. The Irish driver, Ben. I'm going for him. Underrated, I'd say, the old uh, Irish driver, Tim O Glock. Um, I Look, I, I wouldn't put it past Tim O Glock. Um, are we going this way, or you look a bit confused? No, all right. Um, all right, real pick, though, Sam. Real pick. Are you, are you just Max all the way? Yeah, I think Max will win it, but... I don't know, there's just... Things could happen today. Are you, you've never been... Because I know you've been to what? You went to one Malaysian without me, you've been to two Singapore's without me and a Japanese without me. You've never seen Max win a race, though, have you? Ah, uh, yes, I have, actually. When, what year did you see Max win a race? 2017. Which, was that? Singapore? Uh, no, he's never won a Singapore. Malaysia. Oh, Ricardo won that, didn't he? No, 2017. 17, 17. Ah, oh, Okay. Yeah, that was the last seven Malaysian Grand Prix, right? It was. Last seven Malaysian Grand Prix. Hopefully they bring that back, Ben. That'd be cool. You know, it's actually interesting. When that was on the calendar, that wasn't really one I felt that many people talked up. But since it's been gone, everybody misses that race, don't they? Yeah, that was a good race. Yeah, I think it was... A, I think that people have probably realised that the circuit was a bit more interesting than they thought. Michael Schumacher used to talk it up back in the day. I remember the first ever Grand Prix in 99, he talked it up very highly. So, um, yeah, anyway. Look, I, I honestly think Max will win as well. I think it will be a canter. But as much as I want Ferrari or Lance to win, and I, again, I've committed to Lance Stroll tattoo should he pull off a miracle, got a bit of a vibe that we could get a George Russell win today. Even more so than an Alonso or a Ferrari win. Those Mercedes have been looking pretty decent this weekend. Yeah, well, I hope you're wrong on that one. Oh, I do too, trust me. I'd rather Russell than Hamilton, though. Oh, certainly, yeah. No, I'm finished with Hamilton. He's a, he's a radical social justice warrior, and I do not like him at all. Um, do you think Mercedes more of a chance than Alonso or Ferrari, though? Uh, sorry, what was the question? Do you think Mercedes are more of a chance than an Alonso or a Ferrari win? Yes, I didn't think they're more of a chance. Yeah. You'd be pretty stoked with an Alonso win, though, wouldn't you? Because you, you, you like old uh, Eyebrows McGee, don't you? I, I do like Eyebrows McGee. I do, yeah. I've been a supporter of his for a long time. We have been to an Alonso victory, haven't we? The first ever Ferrari win I saw in person was 2012 Malaysia. So, because uh, were you there in 2006 for Australian Grand Prix? You would have seen him win in a Renault, though. I was, yes. I must have seen him win two Grand Prix. One for Ferrari and one for Renault. Renault. You know, I saw him 2012. That was uh, in the last year he ever got a pole, of course. But, um, yeah, it always sucks that I can say my first Ferrari win I ever saw was a freaking old eyebrows McGee. But whatever. That was a great race, 2012 Malaysia. Most, most Malaysian Grand Prix we went to, very memorable races, of course. They were. Yeah, yeah. Perez nearly winning his first Grand Prix in a Sauber and then Multi-21, so... Then Multi-21 and the other one I went to, Verstappen. Max Verstappen. I'm thinking the overseas ones I went to, yeah, USA and Mexico 2016 weren't exactly memorable. Mexico 2016 was more memorable for uh, the podium debacle at the end and Vettel getting, uh, I think he he was abusing Charlie Whiting over the radio. Um, And then 2017 Canada... Lance Stroll's first ever points. I was at that Grand Prix. Can we be at Logan Sargent's first ever points today, Sam? That Williams has been looking good. Never know, Ben. If things happen, things happen today. If there's accidents and safety cars, you never know. Old Logan 
could... Uh, Logan the Bogan. Logan the Bogan. I was trying to think of his last name there, Logan Sargent. Just quickly, all right, before we let you go, so we've given you your actual predicted result, but your dream result. If you right now were given the keys to Formula One and it was like Samuel McCross and you can, you can choose any result you want, and I'm not talking about Juan Pablo putting on the race suit and getting out there and beating Timo Glock on legitimate drivers that are on the grid today, what result would you like to see? Okay, so the most extraordinary result you could imagine would be a Piastri 1. Second would be Logan Sargent, your man Logan Sargent. And third would be Nick DeVries. Oh, that's a good podium. I like it. Actually, the one I liked yesterday in the uh, F2, seeing a Norwegian, an American and an Indian flag on the podium. Now, that's a podium we will never see in Formula 1. That's a very strange podium, Ben. That was the F2 race, wasn't it? Yeah, the F2 race. Norwegian. Do they race cars up there, do they? Well, we saw a couple of guys walking around the paddock the other day, the pits of the track, Ben, with Norwegian flags. They were going for the old uh, F2 guy. F3 guy got uh, disqualified, so I believe uh, Juan Pablo Montoya's son actually finished second. He did. He actually finished second. Yeah. So what flag? He's got a Colombian flag? Colombian. Uh, the guy who got disqualified was an Argentinian, and I can't remember who the guy who won, who got promoted. My dream result... Lance Stroll beats the two Ferraris on the podium. Uh, like As much as I love my Ferrari, uh, Lance would make me a little bit happier. Um, and the line here is also ridiculous, Sam. Holy moly smokes. Um, but like, let's go. Lance Stroll one, Logan Sargent two, and uh, North American one two. Yep. And put Oscar on the podium. Just like, And don't disqualify him. So we can actually have an Aussie on the podium that doesn't get disqualified like Ricardo did 10 years ago. Um, I'm pumped, Sam. I'm excited. We're going to be in for a long wait here. But uh, F3s very shortly. Supercars, F2s. Um, yeah, this is pumped up day. You excited? Very excited, Ben. I can't wait to get in the gate. And also, thank you for joining us on uh, The Brink. It's been a while. It's always a pleasure. No, Sarge, you didn't get into Sarge. What happened to the Sarge? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he'll appear after the race or not. But... Um Drinking, drinking heavily in a bar somewhere. That bastard. All right, Sam. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Ben. It's been another fun episode of your favourite podcast. It gets put up every couple of weeks. Uh, Josh is with me here again. Hello, Josh. You just popped up out of nowhere. There you are. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and do my thing. He's going to be like, I'm fucking not leaving. I'm going to close the show because I'm there. Um, been a lot of fun having you on. Um, we didn't talk about Newcastle. They did okay, I think, recently. Yeah. See, I, I know I'm wearing the hat, but yeah. I don't watch that much rugby. Did you You ever wear the uh, Newcastle Jets jersey I sent you at all? I, I, I do when I'm home alone only because... Because <laughs> I'm ashamed to go it, out in public. <laughs> no, no, it's only because it's a size too small. Oh. You've got your movies hanging out, right? So, oh, it, it's the belly. It's the belly. Like, I've got muscle behind the pecs, but the belly. That's See, I would stupid. swap that for a heartbeat. I would rather have a stomach than man tits. I'm just saying that right now. So I need yeah, a bra. But, uh, <laughs> like, you, you watched Little Britain growing up, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I look like... Um, was it Daffod? Yeah, yeah Daffod. <laughs> <laughs> in the village. Can't say that now, probably, Josh. Um but you, you, we joked about we plugged it. Tell us about your other podcast quickly. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm uh, co-hosting the uh, Star Wars Legion podcast called We Are Legion. It is a Top Gear-esque uh, 
sort of show was the only way I could do it. I have a with stick a, to play games or something like that. Or? Oh, well, no, so um, I, it's in a box next to me. I can't pull it out just now. But we have a, a stormtrooper helmet that we're going to be using for um, you know guests who come on to do some video clips with us. Um, so we discuss everything with tabletop wargaming based on Star Wars. Uh, but we are going to be branching on to other fields of tabletop gaming, from board games to uh, older games, workshop games. Well, give it a listen. Spotify. Yeah, definitely. You can you can, you can find it on Spotify. You can find it uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, a website is coming, and a YouTube channel oh, is coming too. Well, there you go. And perhaps like it's great that we can do this, but need to get you on Double or Seven, the Oz Network. One of these shows that we, you know, we're just uh, how you and I don't do a proper podcast is beyond me. So uh, I'm just. I mean, I put. This Why out. don't we? I don't. Why know. don't we? I mean, I'm just saying this now, and I'm not saying this to suck your doodle because it's probably not there, and you're going to get out. I don't know. Like you to this day, in twenty. <laughs> where am I going with that? <laughs> Did you know so you're even funnier about that? I don't know why I'm bringing this up in public of all things. Going to get the snip tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> about to say that you have been you're the, the my favorite best co-host of anything I've ever done in my life and, and somehow that leads to you telling me that you're getting circumcised tomorrow. No, I'm not getting circumcised. What? The other snip. Oh, vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about you getting some snippies from the <laughs> I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting my my man bedazzled. Some <laughs> rhinestones, <laughs> glitter. <laughs> Hi, Josh. You're my favourite co-host. Oh, by the way, Ben, I'm getting a snip. All right. That's what I think about when I give a person a compliment and getting my tubes tied. No, it's only because you brought up my penis. <laughs> <laughs> you know who would like your penis? Tom Cruise, because he is a raging homosexual. <laughs> Sorry we don't have time for you today, Tom. Uh, <laughs> On that note, it has been a fantastic episode of The Brink. Do all the things that you do with Josh's show and do it with our show and snip and <laughs> snip what? No. Uh, <laughs> snip and tuck. <laughs> this is what happens. Do you remember? Do you remember on, uh, when we were on, the, on the radio, it was like we'd, we'd start at well, six o'clock we'd start, yeah? No, uh, seven. Fucking whatever. Yeah, it was early. Yeah, it was seven. <laughs> and it'd be like... I would be like, yeah, okay. The news is this. The weather. I oh, four two seven double three four double three six. Double three, six. Ah, I remember. It. <laughs> and, and, and then like eight o'clock it hit. The caffeine had hit, and then it was like, <laughs> I'm gonna make you piss yourself, and that is my only goal. <laughs> That's why you so like. I don't want to bring this up again. You can tell me you get another piece of surgery done tomorrow, but like it just—it's why it's so <laughs> enjoyable because it just—it happens and. Oh, good times. We need, to, we need to fucking do a podcast together, Josh. It's ridiculous that we don't. Listen to his, listen to mine. I do other ones. Some of them win awards. I produce other ones. A-League, get along to your game this week. Buy some tickets. Um, and <laughs> I'm not going to do the closing because Josh is going to do the closing. Over to you, Josh. And you guys keep sucking those oranges and good night. <laughs>